0: It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Fraser and Chucky G. This is Parent Underground Radio in the dark with your host Karen Frazier and Ben Robinson Sit in for me, Chucky G, because I'm over here at First Ward Schoolhouse in Wisconsin Rapids. How is everyone this evening? Hey, good, good, awesome. I, except
1: I, 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 hate to say it, but I do believe it's Robinson.
0: Oh, did I say it wrong? I'm sorry. That's all
1: good. <laughs> it's, it's all good.
0: I'm sorry, Chucky's okay.
2: got his mind in other places. That's yeah, right. Thank you. I do have so, my mind on other places.
1: Yeah, so we'll have um, Ben introduce himself stuff and stuff in a bit. But what I want from you right now, Chucky G, yes, yes. is I want to I want to hear about what you're doing tonight and what's been happening already.
0: Okay, so we're at the First Ward Schoolhouse in Wisconsin Rapids. Uh, Justin Libbigs and Judy Carl uh, are owners of the place. It's in, from the, uh, the 1800s. It's a 17,000 square foot. Last last standing old school house in Wisconsin. Um Yeah, we've been so we have been here a few times. In fact when we came back now we were looking in the the book that you sign in and actually had us from two years ago and had Al's name in there too, which was really cool. Oh that's so, cool. Yeah, and then they have our picture and our bell that I de- donated here on the desk. So, but well, we've been here. Um, we tried some stuff in this one bathroom you're supposed to lock yourself in and, uh, things will happen. Uh, Kena went in and there was some, we got a bunch of K2 hits going in there. Uh, cause we pretty much baseline the place so we know what's going on. Um, then we, uh, the battery died within like two minutes and it's, a it freshly charged battery. So we put another battery in, went upstairs and was, we were doing some audio. And the speaker started acting up and popping out and stuff. So we figured, well, maybe it's just a speaker. We come downstairs, test the speaker. It works beautiful. So we're going to go back up again, bring some trigger objects with this time in a meter, and see if we can get some audio and see what's going on up there. So, But, yeah, it's a pretty big place. It's four floors. It's huge.
3: You're yeah, have a good, good time. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And then, plus, you know, um, we get, we're going to spend the night here. We're going to sleep overnight. What's interesting, a couple of things they have really quick is they have two beds from the Lemp Mansion here. Okay. You can sleep in those. Yeah. You can sleep in those if you feel brave enough. Um, and they also just received a dresser from H.H. Holmes. Do you know who H.H. Holmes is? Oh, yeah. I know who he is. He's America's
2: very first serial killer.
0: You got that right. Well, there's a dresser. There's a dresser upstairs. It's from his, uh, killing mansion, I guess you call it. What's interesting when they were showing us this dresser, the bottom of the dresser, which looks like a normal piece of the dresser. Uh, it's a hidden p- compartment. You pop it out, slides open. It's a giant drawer used to keep all his weapons.
2: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. That guy was a twisted dude. I thought, though, I thought everything burned down because um, well, that whole place got like you know, quote unquote, uh, mysteriously burned down.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, see, this was this piece was get, uh, a police officer had this piece. Cause some of the stuff got out of there before it went down and then he had it for a long time. And then he finally sold it off to the school cause they looked like they have a lot of eclectic stuff around here. Like there's a, a sarcophagus upstairs, a lot of Egyptian stuff. There's like a little mixture of everything in here. So it's not all just 1800 school style, you know? So yeah, so it's up on the, uh, the thing, the second floor. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to do some testing with that also as a giant trigger object. So it ought to be pretty interesting. It's really creepy.
2: That's You're cool. You're going to have
1: so much fun. So, are you are you sleeping in one of the limp mansion beds, Ben? Chuck?
0: Uh, I'm not because there's a giant, huge, monster king bed, and I already took dibs on that.
1: <laughs> okay. So yes. here's my question. This is a very important question about haunted sure. places, as you know.
0: Sure.
1: Does it have a gift shop?
0: Um, <laughs> you no, know, it does not have a gift shop. Oh. There's like a li- there was a, well, there was a little corner it's where they, they got some. Well, they got some. There's a little corner where they do have some stuff you can buy, like a, you know, like a wristband or something to help. Okay, well, uh, that's mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, to help raise money for the school to keep going because they got so much to build on here. In fact, they just opened up one of the rooms when last time I was here, was not here, and it's huge. So, yeah, they have a lot to go. So anything they can get to help out with the school is greatly appreciated. So,
1: so if I actually manage to make it out there this summer, like we've been talking about me doing, yeah. uh, are you going to be able to get me into this place?
0: Um, I could sure try. I'm sure I could call him up, and we'd have to drive out here. It's about it took us what about four hours, Sean? Uh, well, how we're going to be?
1: We're going to be in Bloomington. How far is it from Bloomington? Is it in the opposite direction?
0: Um, I don't know. Do you not, I, I don't know. I'd, ha, I'd have to look and see for sure. I'm not really positive on that. If it's in the opposite direction, if it is, it'd be pretty far. So, but uh, I'd have to check it out.
1: Well, hmm, just think about it.
0: Okay, I, w- I will think about it. So well, who's I your th- guest tonight? Who's your guest tonight on the
1: show? It's Aaron Collins from Paranormal Crossings. We're h- going to have a good time. I met Aaron um, at the Oregon Ghost Conference this year. He was the host of the panel that I was on where we were basically berated, not by Aaron, but by another person on the panel <laughs> for being, uh, being, you know, I don't know, like Satan people, I guess.
2: Oh, uh, well, wow, so you so know. That sounds like good times. You missed that,
1: Ben. I know you weren't yeah. at the conference this year, and you missed that. I will tell that was- you this. That-
2: it was my third eye, that's why yeah. I, I knew what was gonna happen.
1: <laughs> I walked out I walked out of that uh off the stage out of that panel and Jay came up to me and said, What the hell was that? I said
0: oh. <laughs> That well, sounds you know.
2: just like Jay too. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know,
0: sometimes sometimes you can be kinda evil. So you know, it just depends on what mood you're in.
1: It's true. When I have PMS, I'm a little evil. It's you know, but that's just
2: that what woman isn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that, that is a good point there, <laughs> sir. That's a very good point. Well, um, all right. Well, I'm going to let you guys go so you can okay. t- take over and have fun with the show. I just wanted to stop in and say hello really quick.
1: All right. Hey, you have a great time and uh, your team. Enjoy yourselves and, you know, get some activity and send me EVPs and stuff.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> see, everybody say goodbye. See you guys care, later. Chuck. All right. Later. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye. Good night. All right. All
1: right so, Ben.
2: Yes, ma'am. Why
1: don't you tell our listeners about you? You've been on the show before, but you haven't co-hosted before.
2: Well, I like uh, long walks on the beach. Pina mm-hmm.
1: um, coladas getting caught in the rain.
2: Yes. <laughs> um, my name's Ben Robinson, of course, and uh, I have been formally investigating paranormal phenomena for Gosh, uh about seven years now. Uh originally started a group called the Paranormal and Occult Research Team. Ran that for about five years, uh, decided uh wanted to kind of go on a single, uh more you know, autonomous level, and that segues into the, the um nonprofit I run now, which is called the Autonomous Studies of the Enigmatic and Paranormal, which is a mouthful. So most everybody always refers to it as ASAP. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of one of those guys that, um, takes a very science based approach, but I'm very, very open and embrace the, the sci end of, uh, this field of research as well. I think it's equally as important, if not at times more important. So, oh, see uh, now
1: you flatter, you're just saying that because you've investigated with me before and you know how woo woo I am when I investigate. <laughs> well i don't I don't so much investigate as I communicate
2: right yeah and know. and you know i honestly um i I really think truly that there is a a very serious place for it in this field, I think it kind mm-hmm. of started with it, you know mm-hmm. uh the human interaction there in itself, so if we were to get arrogant and ignorant about this field of research, which I think at times happens. Um, yeah, you're going to have that. You're going to have people who go, no, it's science and it's got to, you know, be explained by whatever, you know, factors. When in fact, we've got things that cannot be measured or, uh, you know, detected on equipment. And yet you got folks like yourself who have these abilities to tap in and, and they can confirm, uh, corroborate with other things as well. So I, I, Honestly, do believe very much in.
1: I know you do, yeah. I'm just teasing
2: you. Stop
1: you know, it! It's it's the hazing. Okay, I'm done. I'm no more Ooh. hazing. Bin is
2: that is that hazing like hazing network hazing? Yeah, the
1: ha- hazing network. That's us. There we go. So, and you are a fellow Pacific Northwesterner, which I like. You're just down the road a bit from me. Yep. And you've worked with us at the museum before.
2: I have indeed I've been very very graciously uh permitted to come in there um you know as a uh invitation from yourself as a matter of fact and um yeah very fascinating location so I want to go back need to go yeah. back Yeah
1: well you know you just need to let us know that and we'll we'll work something out so we're having a big a uh, a big shindig there tomorrow night uh you probably know about it we're we're having a public investigation that but it's only open to 14 people it was supposed to be 10 but you know we went over a little bit um Rebels. and it yeah right i know it's a paid investigation it does not benefit us it benefits the museum uh who needs money you know the museum needs money because they had their endowment fund embezzled a few years ago and so uh our, yeah, our garden stuff Yeah, good stuff. Our good friend Jay Verberg will be here. He's our, he's our, and only Ben and Cheryl can see me doing this. He's our celebrity.
2: (laughs) As I did earlier, and you guys only saw it, I did the quote, I said quote unquote, but I also threw it up.
1: The air quotes, that's right. I did the bunny ears. And, you know, because Jay's just Jay, but he is, he's going to be there. And um, I guess Michael will be down for a little while too. Yeah, Michael White. Michael
2: White. Yep. Yeah, he's a, an amazing – both those guys I consider very close friends and um, great colleagues to have in this field. So, yeah, you guys are going to have a lot of fun.
1: We are. And, and I'm I'm really actually glad that Michael's going to be there because part of this is people who have never investigated before, and we're going to be letting them use our equipment and things. And so I'm really happy that there will be people there that can teach them because I'm not allowed to touch the equipment, as you've probably heard me say before.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You keep breaking things. I I, I am not
1: the one who turned off your cameras, though. That was Andy.
2: I can't tell if it's just your temper tantrums and you're throwing (laughs) equipment. Yeah, it could be that. Or it's your psychic abilities. I don't know.
1: It's the it's the brain. I I do that brain freeze stuff. You know that. Try to. I I have a big brain and I try to hurt people. How's that go again? See, it would be so much better if people could see us, wouldn't it? Yeah, we have that, such that was a visual advantage
3: here.
1: We really do. That was a visual, but yes. Um, So we're doing that tomorrow night. No, Saturday night, excuse me. And we're going to have a good time with that. We're looking forward to that. This is the first time. We've done tours, but this is the first time we've invited people from the public to come in and pay us. <laughs> we'll pay the museum Um, and I so it'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see because when we had our tours two weeks ago, we had a lot of activity. The spirits were really interactive with the tour groups.
2: Nice. Is Andy gonna be there too? Yeah, uh-huh. Good. Tell him I yeah. for me.
1: I will do that. Yes. Well we'll we'll work out something so we can get you back up here because, you know. You're a para bro. Well,
2: that's right. Hopefully someday I can make it up to um. It's Wellington. totally Yeah, thank you. I was yeah. totally drawing a blank. But, yeah, I want to get up there. That's a that's a bucket list for me.
1: We tried to schedule that last summer, and it just didn't work out. Well, you know, I mean, I think we kind of tried to schedule it after everything was already scheduled for the summer. And I had weird limited time because I had a kid heading off to college. And so, yeah, last summer was strange. But maybe we could get it scheduled this summer and, and get everybody up there. Because I know there are quite a few of, uh, you know, people down in your neck of the woods who would like to go up there. So
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's something that a lot of us have been chomping at the bit to uh, you know get up there and see and experience. So one
1: of these days, Ben. One of these days,
2: right in the kisser.
1: That's not what i mean. Oh doing.
2: wait, no, that's not the line, is it?
1: What? It, no, that's a right turn, Alice. No, right turn to slide. the moon, Alice. To the moon, Alice. That's right. I don't okay. know. I, it's all I, I get them all mixed up because my husband threatens me with all of those, so <laughs> I sort of mix them together.
2: Yeah, well, it's probably like my house. I make a lot of threats. They're all empty.
1: Yeah, right. So, you're uh I'm just going to say it on the air because I said it before we went on the air. So, you might you might be willing to take this haunted doll that I don't like much. It's you yeah. know, it's not that it's not anything that she's doing. So, tell Nicole, it's not anything that she's doing. It's just I my energy doesn't mesh with her energy.
2: Yeah, that's going to be the person I have to convince um and rightfully so uh But um, yeah, I would I would definitely be up for it. I would love to uh, see what changes, you know, introducing it into our environment uh, and then maybe even run some tests as well. So um, I'll talk to her.
1: Yeah, and like I say just put her in a, a circle of sea salt or even if you can get like a glass dome or something those things tend to sort of contain that stuff.
2: So Well, I was going to try a circle of uh fire. Would that work?
1: Oh, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I for for what maybe 5 minutes, you think? Probably.
2: Till it gets too warm in the room and I'll be like, "All right, let's put that out."
1: Oh my god. Okay. So Ben I know you just love it when people talk about your beard. We actually already have a question in chat about your beard. <laughs> it's Robin Marie, and she wants to know if the beard has a link. I I,
2: I probably should create one, I guess. Um, popular demand.
1: <laughs> <sighs> I, well, you've, you've, oh, how long, you've had that beard for, for ages, haven't you?
2: Yeah, I came out of the womb with it.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, um I, I'm i very flattered when people, I, I see so many beards, especially here in the, the Pacific Northwest. So I'm like, oh, that's a badass beard. That's a badass beard. And then I get lots of compliments. So I'm going to have to go with the fact that mine's kind of a pretty rocking beard. So maybe it's, I should do something for it.
1: Yeah, it is especially magnificent, apparently, because I hear a lot about your beard, too. I mean, so, <laughs> you know.
2: I'll have Nicole take some uh, specialty pictures of it, you know, with uh like beer and pizza stuck in it and uh get a Facebook page going for it. No, right
1: away. no. Here's what you can do. OK, so you can take the pictures, but then carefully trim out. But make them make sure they're life size and then carefully trim out your lips and your face and stuff so that it's just the hair and the beard and the mustache. And then <laughs> people can wear it themselves. Oh, my could, God. That, That's a million dollar idea right there, Ben.
2: That is a great idea. Do I owe you any royalties for this?
1: No, you, th- this one's free. You can have that Cause, one.
2: Because this is all on the air. It's been recorded, so. <laughs> <That's right.
1: laughs> you are welcome.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: So I see Nicole's in the chat room. So when I said, are you going to take the haunted doll, did she actually yelp from across the room or anything?
2: No, she didn't, actually. And actually, I, I don't see her in there. I must have to refresh that uh, page. Yeah,
1: you probably have to refresh it. I'm sure it's just, it says Nicole K. That's got to be her, right?
2: Oh, yeah, I think so. Oh.
1: Yeah, well, see, but she's she's in the chat room. They're like on about a twenty second delay from us or something. Oh, because so I, yeah. that way that way we can hit the we can hit the button if one of us drops an f bomb, since <laughs> one of us one of us has been known to do that on the show before. Hmm.
2: So I I wouldn't gar I I I wouldn't think it would ever be you.
1: It was. Yeah, it was like the happiest night of Rick's life was when I dropped an F-bomb on the show and he got to, he, he you know, and he didn't. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, okay, so let's see what else should we talk about. Um, so you weren't at the Ghost Conference. You know what, you, so you're down in a little further south than I am. And you are you were in Vancouver. Are you still in Vancouver or are you in Portland?
2: Yeah, I live in Vancouver, um, work in Portland, so I dub myself a Washagonian.
1: Okay. So what what down there is good? Where where should people go for haunted places down there?
2: Well, I mean, when it comes to your typical run-of-the-mill mainstream uh, haunted locations, you've got the White Eagle Saloon, which is ran by the McMinimans Brothers um uh, restaurant chain. Uh that's a pretty well known location. Uh and that's in Portland. Um, you've got locations, uh, like, uh, the Shanghai tunnels. Uh, I, I wouldn't say in my opinion that are so much haunted because of the whole Shanghai thing as it is with just the history that had utilized uh, over the years for different reasons. Uh, for that you have old town pizza, uh, is also known, uh, for having great pizza, but also a local spirit named Nina who is believed to be a prostitute that was thrown down a, uh, elevator shaft when she tried to run away from the whole prostitution gig. Um, you've got locations as well, like the Piddock Mansion.
1: I uh, love the Piddock Mansion. It's yeah, got the it's best. Beautiful. It's got the best energy. I walked in that place and I immediately felt like, Oh, you know, it's just, it
2: it's is. It's a wonderful. very light, uh, loving feeling. And that kind of gives you the idea of what, um, kind of kindred spirits are, you know, I think are residing there. Yeah. Um, A little north of Vancouver is a town called Longview. Uh, If people are within that range that they're willing to make the drive up there, I highly recommend that they check out the Rutherglen Mansion. It is, not only is it uh, picturesque, uh, it's just a beautiful piece of property with a uh, a rich history that ties very much to Longview itself. And, uh, if they want, they can even stay in it as a and Um, but yeah, there's places all over the Portland area, like Edgefield, which is also another McMinnemans ran yeah. location. Um, and you name it. I personally don't do a lot of those because I'm so busy with helping, you know, clients themselves. Uh, with issues, which as a matter of fact, tomorrow Nicole and I have a uh an interview with a client, which is uh I can't say a whole lot, just out of uh you know, privacy and anonymity, but um very, very interesting case that was referred to us uh well, tied kind of with a, a Catholic priest down in Texas. So uh very, very interesting uh kind of uh, way to kind of get information from a case that I've never had. You know, it's yeah. been usually the clients just give you everything. But in this case, it's the client's given us some information, but we've spent some time also chatting with this uh, Catholic priest too. So
1: Interesting. Well, I like those cases that uh, we had one up here. That we actually had White Light Paranormal come in with us because it was such a big property. Yeah, they're they're wonderful, and it was such a big property with so many buildings. You know, barns and uh, barn offices and stalls in the house and a trailer, and so we uh, that was it was like that. It was just layers upon layers upon layers of things that created this unique energy on this property that was just insane, just
2: crazy. And I think that's a, that's a big thing that a lot of people don't consider or either talk about is, uh, kind of the whole feng shui or however you really pronounce it. You know, the, you, the go, energy, into cer- yeah. Yeah, you go into certain homes and because of the stuff either that they've, you know, accumulated, whether they were hermits or just pack rats or sometimes even folks that are very, you know, clean freaks and have a very open place. It's, it's different how the energy is in each one of those as a result of the items that are placed there and their orientation and the way the energy flows through there, you know?
1: Yeah, we had, uh, we had, and that one, this one was as much things that had happened within the family that lived there that kind of imprinted the energy as it was that there were some spirits sticking around. But then we had this other place that um, I went and did a walkthrough and the team never investigated. And the reason that you made me think of it was because it was so cluttered. It was like the team couldn't have investigated because it was almost hoarderish. But um, as I was going through and doing my thing, because when I do a walkthrough, I try to pick up on the energy so I can give the team information about what they can do when they go in, where to look, things like that. Put your camera here, you know?
4: Um,
1: so, but there was, I stopped at this bookshelf and there was this, this little thing on the, on the shelf and I stopped and I stared at it and I said, can I touch this? And they were like, yeah, sure. I picked it up and it was like this whoosh of information and energy. It was his father's fricking ashes. Hmm. So my advice is don't do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Did it, well, I mean, did it throw you for a loop? Did you, were you not able to?
1: No, okay. I was totally able. It was like this whoosh of everything. And it was so strong that it was almost, um, almost, it was overwhelming. It was just so strong. And what it did is it just absolutely pff, took my energy down and out after I was able to, you know, tell them all this stuff about their father. I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. And right. yeah, I, I'm never going to, and I didn't know when I asked to touch it that that's what it was.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I had a case once where. You know, one of the questions we asked in the preliminary questionnaire was, you know, is there any remains of any, you know, people on the property?
1: Yeah. We ought to start including that one.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just good information to know when you go in. And they said no. And we're sitting there investigating and we come into this kind of, um, uh, kind of like a formal, uh, sitting room. And on this bookshelf, and there was a kind of a, mem- a memorial you know the picture and some you know uh small items that belonged to him and he he was a a dedicated uh actor for this uh theater uh which is in Vancouver, which is another location uh the slocum house uh mm-hmm. which um I've investigated several times but the, the person's remains are there and we were, you know, like, oh, oh, well, that would have been good to know. And had that had anything to do with any of the other activity that may have taken place, you know, would have been just kind of good information.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'm, I'm going to. See if we can put that. I don't think that's on our questionnaire. So it probably should be so that I don't just go willy nilly touching, asking to touch things that, you know.
2: Yeah. And uh, another one I might uh, suggest, uh, putting on there. And this was all from, uh, you know, experiences that I've had over the years was, uh, asking if there's any firearms, loaded firearms or, um, manufacturing of illegal drugs because one case we were not afforded to do a walkthrough, meet the clients in advance. We had to travel overnight to get to them during the winter. Uh, it was kind of one of those, you know, rush cases because there was yeah. a child involved. So we never really got to have a whole lot of dialogue or anything. We get down there. They leave. You know, they say, okay, you know, you got the rent of the house while we're gone. We're like, okay, you know, that's, they're fine. And they, they can sign off with one of the forms that I created, you know, saying that. So that way, if the police show up, we can right. go, Hey, we have authorization. We got their names and numbers. Here's where they are. You know, let's talk to them. Well, we're investigating within 15 minutes. We discover loaded weapons at every corner of the house. Uh, we discover a trained, uh you know, closed circuit uh television surveillance camera on the front door. Oh my we're tracking we're tracking down, you know, doing our EMF sweep. We're tracking down this huge EMF uh spike that's going on and we find a hidden room with their hydroponic system set up in it. And I'm like, you've gotta be kidding me.
1: We have we have uh like two two of those three things. So
2: <laughs> hydroponic for sure I know but, yeah
1: funny. not that one but we, we <laughs> have I, you know we have weapons in the house and so I actually ask people about weapons because we have them in the house because yeah, my husband's a gun nut so
2: well yeah. it's just smart because if you're walking around in the dark and you accidentally kick a shotgun over and it blasts uh, you know your buddy's leg off <laughs> yeah uh, that's that kind of ruined what you were there to do you may create another ghost but that may be not what you're wanting to do
1: right right. So um let's do this. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we will be talking to Aaron Collins. So stick around you guys. This is me, Karen Fraser, with Ben Robinson, our special guest co-host this evening. And um you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on the Hazy Radio Network. We will be right back. <music>
0: everyone it's me Chucky g and i'm here with karen Fraser.
1: i'd like to invite you to join us on hazy radio every thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m pacific 10 to midnight eastern for paranormal underground radio in the dark with karen frazier and Chucky g
0: We'll be exploring the paranormal and featuring the latest in spiritual and metaphysical topics, as well as interviewing intriguing guests.
1: So please join us every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern for two hours of exciting paranormal radio on hazyradio.com.
5: Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground?
0: Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG,
5: or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground.
0: There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today.
1: Hey, everyone. It's Karen Fraser from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, investigating the haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you, too, can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at authorkarenfraser.com. Hey,
4: everybody, this is Rick Hale, host of Common Sense Paranormal. Listen to me on hazyradio.com. Thursday nights, 8 to 9 p.m. Central.
2: Cutting molding with a 12-inch dual-compound miter saw while holding a newborn baby in your arms. When face-to-face with a congregation of alligators, with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line. There are
6: All a million places you'd never mindset, consider texting, by so parents. why would you do it During while driving? On what
1: NASCAR driver Casey Kane here, asking, asking you to, to please prom, stop the text, and a together a
2: we can stop the wrecks. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at StopTextStopWrecks.org.
1: Hello, this is Patty Valdez with South Sound Paranormal Research, and you're listening to Chucky G. and Karen Frazier on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on the Hazy Radio Network. I am Karen Fraser Sitting in tonight for Chucky G is the fabulously bearded Ben Robison.
2: Thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you. And um the song that you were listening to was called The Crystal Ship by Creation Mind. And I just have to say to Cheryl, that is way better than the Christmas music from a couple weeks ago. So. Oh,
2: I remember that. <laughs> that was torturous. <laughs>
1: She totally wanted to play that. We're like, uh, it's going to be Christmasy. No, I think it sounds so cool. <laughs> oh, So from, from the other laughing you here, we have our guest on the line. And we are going to be talking tonight to Erin Collins. He is the co-founder and lead investigator of Northwest Paranormal Investigative Team, and he is also the host of the TV show Paranormal Crossings, and like four other paragraphs that I'm just, just going to let Aaron tell us about instead of me having to read them so that I don't stumble over the words. Aaron, welcome to the underground.
3: Yes,
6: welcome. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate you, you asking me to be on.
1: Yeah, so I enjoyed meeting you. I met you, of course, at the on on that really terrifying panel that I did um, at at the Oregon Ghost Conference, where I was you called all job. kinds of memes. Yeah, thank you. We survived. We survived. Right. So one of the things that um, I don't know, maybe Chuck said it or Cheryl said it or somebody said it is that you are a an ordained minister.
6: Yes, correct.
1: What what kind of what are you? an I I am too. What are you an ordained minister? Really.
6: In? Yeah, um, non-denom- non-denominational Christian. Okay, um, I actually was a uh, worship leader for uh, almost ten years for my church, and mm-hmm. uh, I had become ordained. Um, and I've done weddings. I'm getting ready to do a, uh, a funeral, unfortunately, uh, here soon. But uh, but no, I've, I've been doing this for a long time.
1: Wow. So I'm actually an ordained metaphysical minister, um, but I oh. think it's I think it's great that you mix the the religion and the paranormal and i know people are going to be like what but we have an ordained we have an ordained lutheran pastor on our team oh, and wow. yeah and um then we have a, a couple non-denominational and then we have me the metaphysics chick so i think <laughs> that that really meshes well with what we do when we're working with clients do you do you use that background at all in your work i do
6: um i I pray of course before every investigation um, and we just recently you all know who June Lundgren is um, yes she was she on the show also yes she's amazing she's um, uh she's our psychic medium uh, on our team and uh she had asked me to uh to go with her on a demonic removal which is not something that I do, uh, and I'd mentioned that at the Ghost Conference. I am mm-hmm. in no way equipped to do that type of thing, but um, I, I did go to support her um, and, of course, prayed before we got there, and uh, once the removal was done, which I don't know if uh, you guys have ever done anything like that or seen anyone in person do that, but, oh, my gosh, it's – I can't – even explain the feeling of being there, the feeling of dread, the feeling of darkness, the the feeling of hopelessness. And I mean, it was unbelievable in this poor man. He was just so broken. I had never seen anyone so not having any life in him, really. You look in his eyes and it's just dark. Cause he was so whipped. I mean, 24 years of oh, having my to goodness. deal with this. Yeah. And his wife had passed away two years prior and he felt that this demonic uh, entity actually had, a hand in, uh, in her death. But aside from that, I mean, once it was done, uh, afterwards, I had never seen a transformation in someone uh, like I did with them. And it was absolutely amazing. Um, of course, after we were done, you know, we all got in a circle and prayed. I always pray. I mean, I'm always asking God to be with me no matter what I do. Um, if God tells me not to do something, I'm not going to do it. Um, and I'll be honest about it. And so, but you know, we've heard from this gentleman since then and he said, I have not felt this much peace in so many years. And to me, that just warms my heart.
5: Yes, it's great doing
6: investigations. It's great being in the paranormal field, but really to help somebody like that was amazing. June, of course, using her God giving, you know, gifts uh, and able to do what she does is absolutely just mind blowing in my opinion.
2: No, it works well. Do you find, Aaron, that you guys come across these kind of cases uh, with regularity?
6: No. You know, honestly, this is the second one I've done. um, First one was more personal. She wasn't involved, um, and it really wasn't my team. It was uh, me and two other pastors uh, that did this. And, you know, most of the cases that that I have done, actually all of them but two, uh, have been uh, 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 non-demonic. And so... um, this was rare for me, and so I really wanted to. Even though I always vowed to never be a part of uh, any of this type of thing, you know, exorcisms or anything like that, because you know, I don't. If I don't know what I'm doing, I'm not going to go subject myself to that, nope myself up to that. So, but I sure. got pretty well prepared before going to do this, and I felt confident enough, and of course I had June with me, so <laughs> it was right. great.
2: Yeah, and and I can only imagine, you know. It, for you probably one of the deciding factors was, uh, yeah, you normally probably wouldn't have delved into this. However, you saw in that man's face, what kind of, um, pain and strife and everything he was going through as a result. And that probably was a a big motivator for you.
6: It was. And, you know, my, my wife also assisted and, and, um, you know, she's, she's new to the paranormal. She's always been interested, but, um, uh, she's, she's fairly new to the team. And so I've kind of brought her on. I've been teaching her how to, how to investigate and things like that. So I asked her, I said, do, do you want to go and do this now? And I explained to her what this really means. And she was willing to do that because June was going to be there. And, yeah. um, and, and she felt as well as I did, well protected.
2: Sounds like you guys had some pretty good, um, strength, you know, uh, formed between the three of you, especially. Now, we do. I know, I know you bring in the religious end of, uh, you know, this, this side of your efforts and research and, and everything involvement in this field. Um, is there anything else that you feel like you use as a benefit, whether it's a hobby, you know, skills from hobbies or past jobs or current job that you feel bring, uh, some kind of, you know, asset to the table as a result? I do
6: I mean I think that everybody has life experience and um you know in my mid 40s I've been through quite a bit and I've done a lot of things professionally uh one of them you know what got me into investigating in the first place was um I worked uh, retail loss prevention for a for a company a, a sports a sporting goods uh, company and so I did that for a number of years and worked my way up to a resident agent which is where I did internal investigations as well as external. So not just busting shoplifters that walk in from the street, but also, unfortunately, there was a lot of internal theft with employees. Right. Um, and so, and that's one of the most, diffi- get, most difficult things to do in that type of setting because you're, you're having to sit down and interrogate someone you work with, in a sense. You work for the same company. They know you. They see you every day. Um, and so it, it makes it tough. But at the same time, through the ministry that I've done over the years, um, people open up a lot to me and, and I find that all the time in my personal life as well as investigations. And so when I come in to do an investigation, not only am I bringing years of investigative experience, but I'm also bringing the minister side. I'm also bringing the, the person that cares. You know, I have a big heart for people. I care about people and, and, and it's genuine. And so I'm not there for glory. I'm not there for, Oh my gosh, I did another investigation. Woohoo, you know. Um it's great and all, but I'm there for a purpose and the purpose yeah. is um to help somebody. And, and I think if I could do that.
2: I was going to say I think honestly that dynamic right there is very crucial because there you got a lot of selfish people out there doing this quote-unquote research for the wrong reasons. It's not to right. help people. It's about you know, going in there and having a thrill or some kind of cool experience, or maybe to get rich because they were able to create some kind of hoax or whatever. Um, right. Yeah. And, and the fact that you, cause my heart's in the same place. Um, I'm there to help people. So I like that.
6: That's awesome. And I appreciate that, you know, um, and everybody on my team has the same heart. We all work well together. June is actually, actually everyone on my team, I have to say, is really my family member. I mean, you know, we're not blood family, but we are brothers and sisters. And, um, and I like that um, because the closer we are on a personal level, the better we are at going into investigations and helping other people. And we do that collectively together. And sure. if, if it's, if it ever comes to a time where it doesn't happen, I'm going to stop doing it. But I don't ever see that happening. So,
1: yeah. One of the questions that I ask people a lot, um, n- not necessarily so much on this show, but when I talk to people, um, especially people who are really new to the paranormal, um, is they say, okay, well, we're, we're doing it because we want to help. And I think that's fantastic. And so then I ask them, well, how do you help? <laughs> and do you right. know how many blank looks I get when I ask that question? That's an
2: awesome question. I can actually. imagine. Yeah. Yes, it is.
1: Yeah, how do you help? And and they're just kind of right. like, I don't know.
4: <laughs> I, I hug them? Well, exactly.
6: Um, yeah, you know, it, it's funny because you see a lot of the shows on TV, and, of course, I would never uh, name any of them, but there's some, some shows that, you know, they go in and they do this investigation and they show the client what they found and, you know, and, and this is what's going on and blah, 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 and then, okay, well, if you ever need our help again, well, what kind of help were you really? I mean, yeah, yep. you 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 were able to capture things on audio and video, and congratulations! I mean, anybody can do that And that scared the
1: crap out of the clients, you right. know. I yeah, mean,
3: exactly. It,
1: yeah, there's no aftercare. There's no I, <laughs> so I always wonder about that stuff because we try. I mean, we strive to help in any way exactly. we can. So so yeah, I think exactly. that there's you know I I think that there's a lot of especially the newer teams that they think that just going in and capturing evidence is helping, and that's yeah. part that's, that's part so. of helping.
2: Well, it's, you gotta, yeah. you gotta find out, you know, if in fact there is something, what it is, right? If that's even right. possible to do. And then after that, you, you, it's like anybody that knows me knows that I've always preached the, the concept that you, not only are you there to do some kind of investigative research, but you also are uh, a form of um, support group for these poor people. Right. and if Absolutely. you can't do that then you've essentially failed in your efforts to help them.
1: Yep, I, I agree. just spent, I just spent Tuesday morning with two very scared little ladies, so yep and you know Oh my sat goodness. sat and talked to them and walked with them and worked with them and and I gave them my phone number and said call me if you need anything. So, yeah. Right. So, Aaron, I have a question for, for you from Dave in chat. He wants to know, as okay. someone who is ordained, what do you think the role, if any, is of scientific instruments being used for an investigation?
6: Okay, read that one more time. I'm sorry.
1: Sure. As someone who is ordained, what do you think of mm-hmm. the role, if any, that scientific instruments or technical instruments play uh, in an investigation?
6: Well uh, it, obviously uh, as, a, as a minister, I mean it really doesn 't do any good. I mean uh, an EMF detector is not going to tell me that it 's demonic um, now there are, I believe that uh, spirits uh, negative spirits can can portray themselves to be whatever they want whatever they want us to perceive however they want us to perceive them, and so they can change voice they can change their appearance that's that 's my belief and but and again, they can appear to be demonic, but that doesn't mean they're demonic. So, you know, it, I, I use the instruments uh, such as the EMF detectors, the K2 meters, the digital recorders, the video recorders, the stationary cameras. I mean, we've got the whole bit, but um, really, I've always felt that our biggest tool is our bodies. And, I agree. You know, you walk into a place, I mean, you can relate, Karen. I mean, you walk into a place, I'm sure Ben can too. You walk into a place, you can tell. <laughs> you can tell if the negativity is there, <laughs> you know, when all your hair, is, and I have no hair on my head, but it stands up. I don't know where it came from, but it stands <laughs> up. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I scream like a little girl, you know. The uh, hair on my beard sticks out. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I can relate to that one, too. But um, Yeah, so I, I think that um, it's great using the technology that, that we have today, of course. Um, I think that's. Really, I think it's more for the people that we're doing the investigation for. I think everybody who has paranormal activity in their home or business, wherever, um, it's more of confirmation. Okay, I'm not crazy. (laughs) These people came in. They caught the same type voices on the recorders. They saw the shadows on the video. You know, so, okay, great, I'm not crazy. Okay, well, now now let's determine what it is. And that's where a lot of people, I think, stop with their investigations. And then, okay, well, great. You know, and then yeah. they're done. And, and okay, well, what kind of help did you provide as we were talking before about that? Right.
3: Anyway,
6: I hope that answered yeah. your question, Dave.
1: Well, I, yep.
3: Yeah,
6: I
1: have I have another do you want to add on to that before I ask the next chat question, Ben? Nope.
2: No. Oh, okay.
1: Um, so Rick wants to know how do you know it's a demon and not just a jerk of a human spirit?
6: <laughs> that's a good question, you know, and that's what June is for. <laughs> you know, I hate saying it like that, but, you know, honestly, it is tough for us to determine. Um, but there are things associated with uh, a demonic presence, the smell, it's the, uh, you know, the sulfuric uh, smell. What what I felt was an unbelievable, when we were walking up the stairs in this gentleman's house, because June targeted uh, this entity up in his room, his master bedroom. And we're talking, this house must have been at least 3,500 to almost 4,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. Large, very large house. We get into that room, but on the way up the stairs, June's in front of me, I'm following her. It was the overwhelming, oppressing, oppressing feeling. Uh, I felt like my heart, I I literally thought in my head I was going to have a heart attack. My heart was beating so fast and so hard. um, And I just felt ill. I started feeling sick. Um, Started getting a headache. I mean, Demonic entities; these are the powers of the demonic entities. Uh, it's also often with high EMFs. Of course, that's you know here's here's something that that kind of is a little bit similar. Um, the high high EMFs will will what give you hallucinations, make you sick, you know things like that. This was a little different. I mean, I can only describe it. It's hard to describe really because it's something you feel in your body and. You know the difference. You can feel the difference,
2: and that's actually a good uh, point to bring up. Um, whether or not people out there do believe in uh, demonic entities or not, um, we don't have a demon meter out there. You know that, like you said earlier, it, it, right. we don't have kind of uh, you know a smell of vision or anything where you can smell these things. It's all a very personal human um you know capability of detecting or adding them all together to be able to do that it's you know it's that oppressing feeling that that um just the feeling of hatred when you walk in there the smells the the visuals and everything that go along with it
6: right right well you know it's um a couple of people who had hit, over the years had spent the night at that house in a spare bedroom and both of them had to be rushed to the hospital because they were attacked. Now he was attacked every day, um, in different forms. And towards the end, toward, we were his last hope. I mean, that's basically what he said. Um, he had had another team come out, um, and they did what they could to remove, uh, what, whatever was human, um, their spirits, but they, they didn't have the ability to remove the demonic. And so they had asked June, Uh, if she could do that, and that's how we ended up there. But, you know, these things are nasty, and I'm telling you, you know, I have a friend, a personal friend, he's more like a brother to me, um, who had an attachment, and that's what that first demonic removal was for. It wasn't really a possession. Um, It was attached to him, but he wasn't possessed. And um, it it was, I have never, (laughs) if you've ever had an experience where you were either touched by a demon, attacked by a demon, breathed on by a demon, it is the most terrifying feeling uh, that you'll ever have, in my opinion. And that happened to me. I, I was downstairs in this bathroom that adjoined two rooms, and that's where I felt led. Everyone else was upstairs because I felt the, the end of to go downstairs. And I said, let me go down there. Let me just, let me just go down there. I don't know why I said that, to be honest. But I go down there, and I'm praying all the way. Um, I go in this room, and I kid you not, I hear... The clicking noises on the tile floor, uh, like long nails. Well, there's a dog in the house. The dog was a little, a little bitty dog, dachshund, little mini dachshund. Um, so just before I turned around after hearing the clicking, because I thought it was the dog's nails, I felt this breath and our, and it came, now I'm 5'10, so it came from above me, whatever it was, was very tall, and it breathed down on the back of my neck. I quickly turned around, there was no dog. But I tell you what, every hair in my body was standing up. And yeah. I yelled upstairs, where's the dog? The dog had never even come downstairs. And so, <sighs> I, so I yelled. They all came down. And boy, I'll, I'll never forget that experience. But that that entity also um, took shape of myself. And when my, my friend was down there, I was on one end of the hallway. He was on the other end of the hallway. He had his Bible in his hand. He had been crying, just sobbing this whole time. Um, while well, we just prayed, he kept praying and I, the other two pastors were the ones that were really doing everything I was there to help and just be supportive. But anyways, he said, he, I saw him turn and walk into a bedroom, my friend, and then he comes out and he, with the look of terror on his face, he said, how did you get down there so fast? And I said, what do you mean? I, I've been down here since I came downstairs. And he said, no, you just came in the bedroom. You told me to follow you. And I just followed you in the bedroom. And so, oh my gosh, I just felt ill because I didn't go in the bedroom. I was standing at the end of the hall by the bathroom. So these things are nasty, and yeah. what do they want to do, they want to destroy us. You know, they make you cra- feel crazy, and they destroy lives.
4: So,
1: wow. Hmm. You know what? We're a few minutes short of our break time, but it seems like this would be sure. a good good point to break so that we don't cut you off mid sentence or something. Okay. So um, let's do this. We're we're talking to Aaron Collins, and, um, of course, sitting in with me is Ben Robinson. And you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on the Hazy Radio Network. We will be right back, and when we come back, we'll have more with Aaron. Stick around.
4: Babies, you gotta just roll with that flow, yeah, right into the great daylight as the sun arises right there in your heart, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time and running right into high noon. You've got the Coyote Medicine Show in the mornings with your host, Grandpa Peter Coyote, helping you take flight right into the heart, baby, that's right. You gotta know, you gotta get in the flow, the Coyote Medicine Show, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, Hazy Radio listeners, do you like animated movies and TV shows? Do you ever wonder just what goes into making the magic that appears on your screen? Join Doug Engler and Brandon Aarons every Sunday night for Animazing Radio. Animazing will feature everything in the animation arena, from voice actors and actresses to illustrators, producers, and more. Only on Animazing Radio will you find the very best in animation from around the world. Catch Animazing Radio every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Hazy Radio Network.
5: This is June Lundgren, Psychic Medium, and you're listening to Chuck G. and Karen Frazier on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on Hazy Radio Network.
1: Hey, that was June. Aaron, that was June. Hi, June. Yeah. <laughs> that
6: was awesome.
1: Um, <laughs> So we are back, clearly, on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, and Ben and I are talking with Aaron Collins. Aaron, when we were off the air, you said something that I would like to have you repeat on the air about your team member who was ill.
6: Yes. Um, This last demonic removal that um, I accompanied June on, um, one of my team members, um, who's an investigator in training, wanted to go, uh, but he's ill and has to have surgery. And I told him absolutely not because it, the, the more the, if you're sick if you go in there not healthy then you're vulnerable to attacks and possession and I did not absolutely did not want that for him so as as hard as it was for him to hear no <laughs> um, he respected that and I think he was happy afterwards that he didn't that was go good. with
3: this
2: yeah that's good uh, that he was willing to to listen to that because. Um, Our our own personal intentions uh, can get in the way and cloud and put you in danger at times. So um, even if it's not
1: demonic, even if it's just if you're not if you're not in a good frame of mind, if you're fighting with your significant I can't speak with your significant (laughs) other, if you're you know if you've had somebody in your family die and you're horribly sad, if you're feeling physically or emotionally or mentally weak, it's probably best to not go and investigate. Would you guys well, agree? You know, with that like, oh, yeah. Absolutely.
6: It's like running a marathon. You know, you have to prepare. To, you can't just jump out and start running. I mean, they, these people go through strenuous exercises and things like that to prepare themselves. Well, you have to do the same thing when battling a demon. I mean, basically, that's what you're doing. And if you're not healthy, body, soul, mind, you know, the whole bit spiritually, then don't go because you're more prone to be attacked or possessed. And that would be one of the worst things that could happen to you. It could kill you.
2: Even outside of, say, the spiritual end, you can still cloud your judgment and put yourself in a precarious Mm -hmm. situation that can kill you. For example, it was, I don't know, some years back ago, some folks who were, you know, out thrill-seeking and wanted to go to this haunted bridge trestle um, and wait for this haunted bridge. Well, it was an act of... A bridge trestle still and ended up getting in that kind of that classic scenario where they couldn't outrun the train. A real train oh, came man. and killed them. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, and same goes for regular life. You get people out there. Um, when I was, you know, i uh background in uh telecommunications and one of the things they teach us about uh working with bucket trucks and all that is you know you gotta chalk your wheels right and and right. they said who are the people that um you know normally get themselves kills killed because they didn't do this and you know being a newbie first thought is oh it's us newbies they were like actually it's not it's the old timers who got too cocky too confident and didn't do yeah. it to get their truck rear ended uh, by somebody, and their bucket turns into a catapult and kills them so oh um, wow. yeah so yeah. it's it's again it's the whole making sure you 're doing it for the right reasons, making sure you 're thinking right. it through um you know, and obviously being healthy in general
1: yeah. yep right. so aaron let's let's um switch gears a little bit because i I also noticed in your bio that you said that you had a rather terrifying first paranormal experience. And I like those. I like hearing those stories. So mm-hmm. Would Me you too.
3: tell
6: okay. us? I will do that, yes. Uh, I was 10 years old. I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. Of course, I lost my accent 30 years ago when I moved to Oregon. So, um, But I was 10 years old. I spent the night at a friend's house uh, just a couple of doors down. And the, the layout of their house on the inside was the exact same layout of my house, except for my room and, and his room were just opposite. So, um, but I, I could feel my way around in the dark. Well, my mom had uh, nightlights in every single outlet in the, in the house. So it's like being in a football stadium at night. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, you, you're not going to trip over anything. Well, my friend's family did not do that. So it was pitch black. I got up during the night, I was in my friend's room, I had to go to the restroom, and so I had to feel my way in the hallway to to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom and turn around. And I was getting ready to open or I opened the door and I was just about to turn the light off and this person walked right in front of me, kind of slow. Um, it was a woman and at least at least that's what it looked like to me. Um she had a long she had long black hair, long black uh, like a a bathrobe type of type of thing on, but she had no face. And what I mean by that is, I mean, she had skin, and she had a skull, but it was just skin pulled over a skull, and I saw a nose, but no eyes and no mouth. Ooh. And it was the most terrifying thing at 10 years old, obviously. I think yeah. should be terrified now, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> so I, the weird thing was, it was pitch black going to the bathroom. But right at that instant, out of nerves, I mean, I shut the light off. And I felt the breeze from her walking past me. But what was weird is when I looked down the hall where the direction she was going, the curtains were wide open and it was a full moon. And the moon was shining in, which illuminated that whole hallway, which wasn't like that just prior to me walking in there. I, I can explain that. But uh, so I ran, <laughs> ran back to the, to the bedroom and, you know, I, I could see at that point and uh, jumped in the bed to, to hide because, of course, you know, you guys know as well as I do. I mean, once you're in bed and you cover up to your head, you're safe.
1: That Not is, that's right. You, right? Have to, you do have to jump over the part where they could reach out from underneath, though.
2: Thank you, Harry Potter, for that that's invisibility right. cloak.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's um, right. I can't have I, any limbs hanging off the bed. Let me tell <laughs> you. I, no, I hear you, man. <laughs> I, I do have a question, though, Aaron. I, I always think yep. about those kind of things, and, and it and it seems like it's crossed your mind as well, too. Um you know, that hallway was pitch black, but then right, right after you saw her, uh, the, the curtains were open and the, the moonlight was coming through. Right. I, I know this may sound cheesy even when I ask it, but I wonder, do you think it's possible that maybe there was some connection with the moon and energy for her to be able to manifest and do that? So she kind of like said, well, I need this and open the curtains right beforehand be- to help her in her efforts?
6: I do. I, I think that, I, I, yes, actually, I mean, I think you're 100% correct. I, that's my opinion. And what's funny is all these years, and that's really what stemmed my curiosity in the paranormal. What was that? What did yeah. I see? And I've had other uh, ghostly, you know, or, uh, paranormal experiences in my life before ever doing investigations. And I finally, you know, it took 35 years but 35 years later, I interviewed a psychic medium, and she's an author as well, who lives in Canada, and her name is Cheyenne Leo. And she and I, before I interviewed her, um, we were talking over Facebook Messenger, and I wanted to get to know a little bit more about her. So we were having a great conversation, and in, uh, what happened was she, she had found me initially and wanted to do an interview with me for her magazine that she writes for, um, in uh, Canada. And so I agreed to do it. So part of that story was obviously my first experience. So she said, I know what you saw. And I said, what do you mean? You know what I saw? And she said, I've seen the same thing. And she Mm. said, when she was a girl, she used to play at the cemetery all the time because she could play with the ghosts. And she, that's what she did. I mean, it's creepy as that sounds. Um, She always felt safe with these people, but one day she was out there and she saw this woman with no face and she asked the other entities or the other spirit there, what is, what is she? What's wrong with her? Where's her face? What happened? And they said, that's the unmother. And she said, well, what is, what is an unmother? This particular woman had lost her children and she had spent all this time searching for her children, that that had been her main focus, even in death, that she had lost her own identity. Wow. And therefore, that's why there was no faith. And so let me that- tell you, 35 years of, of trying to research and trying to figure out what, what I saw, um, and then to find out, oh, my gosh, somebody else had seen this, because I thought I was the only one. I've told this story hundreds of times. This is the first time anybody had
2: ever given me an answer. Oh dude, and, you just so, totally
1: made something click for me. So thank you.
2: <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> this sounds like a, this sounds like a awesome storyline for a horror movie, The Unmother. Like and, yeah. I'm not try- and I'm not trying to make jest, just so I make sure no. you understand. I I understand the you know um, the horror that can come along with these, but I think we all understand too. There's there's the the uh, necess- necessity of trying to bring light to uh, a dark conversation yeah. in general. But oh, absolutely. Uh, um, that's creepy like the the, the no yeah. face the unmother right. title um yeah the nice. unmother
1: is, yeah that would be a good horror but i have to tell you what you just made click for me because this is this yeah, is please. really cool because this is something i've been researching since um 2009 i think so um okay. it, up at you know on the panel i talked about my books about wellington up at wellington there is a spirit who presents with no face that's what we call him we call him no face And I even knew, I, I know who that spirit is. And now I understand why, because it was actually a spirit of somebody who, somebody who (laughs) lived. What the hell are you doing, Ben? (laughs) He's playing with his, he's playing with his K2 meter while I'm talking. Anyway, so, um. But but it's it was it was actually somebody who survived the avalanche, but his the rest of his family died except for his mother, and he, oh, his my whole life, his whole life was defined by this avalanche. So he lost who he was as this little boy, and so I bet wow. you it's, it, don't you think that's wow. kind of the same thing?
2: Kind
6: of, I think it sounds like it. I mean, you, whether it be your children or your spouse or right. parents, brother, sister, you know. Constantly searching and even in death, you know, never yeah. finding that person yeah. or just the, the the lost feeling, you know, yeah. I think that, that real, could
2: happen. Yeah, the real connection with a loved one, that makes you uh, lose your face, I guess. But, um, you know, <laughs> no, but
1: yeah, it's just it just because I have been trying to figure out why this kid who lived through the avalanche would be presenting as an adult with no face up at Wellington. Right. But I know I, I know that's who it was.
2: Um, wow. I've wow. always wondered about the symbolism or if there is even symbolism because I had a case many years back ago, uh, down in Sublimity where the, the daughter, the youngest daughter in the house, uh, said that the, a woman who fit the description overall of the original family that built the home, but she had no eyes. Now mm. that's a pretty horrific sight as well, especially when you're a little girl, you know. Um, oh, yeah. but at the same time, it was a very benign spirit. It never did anything harmful to her. So I always wondered, is there a symbolism to this? Because, um, where one of the houses I lived in, uh, kitty corner of the duplex, I should say duplex I lived in, kitty corner from that duplex, a young, uh, teenage girl was murdered and the man actually got off scot-free even though wow. his, his blood or I'm sorry her blood was on his zipper and she was stabbed and raped to death right horrible horrible oh my thing. gosh oh. however she came to me at an age of 10 years of age um and presented herself she had a patch over her left eye now everything I've researched about her she had no wounds. She had no defect with her eye or anything. So I always wondered, was there symbolism as well to that?
6: Wow. So. That's a good question. Yeah. I, I,
1: I think so because think about it. Um, when and you guys are dudes, so you may not understand this as, as much, but when a woman, you know, women feel like we're so powerless in so many ways anyway. And, uh, you know, rape and is not about sex. It's about power. Yeah. And it just, it, but at the same time, we live in this culture where, especially right now, unfortunately, I'm sorry to get political, but a lot of women and women are blamed for their own rapes. What did I do? What did you wear? And so I just wonder if it's not wanting to see or being afraid to look in herself because she's afraid that she caused it or something like that.
2: You well, know- it's funny you say this because she was, she was known to be, um, quote unquote, promiscuous. Um, I, There's no proof or anything. Um, This was just like what the townsfolk, you know, knew of her and what have you. So the fact that she was going to a party and there were older people, adults even, uh, there, um, you know, uh, may... May allude to the fact or not, but.
1: Yeah. Spirits are crazy, are are ridiculously symbolic. I'll tell you that, you know, because they communicate with me. Um, and this is the only place I can say that and not sound nuts, but they talk to me all the time. And, and much of what they do is they talk, they talk to me in symbols. And, um. Symbols? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They talk to me in symbols. They, they will send, you know, like, um, okay, you guys both know Elaine Davison. One of the things she was saying is that, she keep like if somebody was a lawyer, she sees a gavel for justice or things mm. like that. And so and so they communicate in symbols a lot. They tend to be ridiculously symbolic, almost like crazy symbolic, like your dreams are, which totally have meaning, by the way. Right. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So so it doesn't surprise me. Hey, I have a question in chat. Sure. Okay. Bob wants to know since it is said that spirits can present themselves as they want. Do you think some appear demonic just to get you to go away? Because that's what I would do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> legitimate, really. That's a legitimate I mean, question. no, and yeah, I mean, that know, yeah. what I said, but
1: that's what I would do. I meant that's what I would do if I wanted people to go away.
2: Well, yeah.
6: I mean, if you, if you don't want to be bothered, I mean, if, and you can portray yourself as something, why not? You know, why wouldn't you do something to scare, scare people away? Yeah, I think that's possible.
3: Yeah.
2: Bob, do you, know, you think there's misconceptions sometimes too? Like people think that, um, it's, uh, malevolent, you know, demonic non-human when it's actually this grouchy old man who was alive and he was very, you know, he, he was a hermit. Basically, he didn't like to talk to people. Do you think that also can be misconstrued by folks as being demonic? I think so. Bob.
6: Yes, I think so. I think when, you know, somebody said it, I don't know if it was you, Karen, uh, at the um, ghost conference, but, uh you know, somebody's a jerk in life, they're that was a jerk in death. Yeah, that
4: was that
3: me. That was
6: you. That, okay. Um, and I agree with that. You're a negative person in life. You're going to carry that negativity. I mean, we are energy. So you're going to carry that negative energy with you. And I think that we can portray ourselves as something demonic, if you will. Um or it could be portrayed as something like that. So yeah, I think that's very possible.
2: And yeah. I need to I need to apologize real quick because <laughs> I just realized I called you Bob. I think it was because the question came from Bob. Anyways, Aaron, I, I know right. who I'm talking to. I'm reading right. and then talking and I'm clearly not good at uh, multitasking. Anyways. You're, hey you're Sally, it's Sally is okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I look like a Sally for sure. You're doing just your you're Sally today. That's right.
1: That's right. Well, no, he's yeah. Chucky. He's Chucky G today. He's, you know, Chucky G. He's in I the he's in the co
2: He's awesome.
6: <laughs> yeah, June June's get pretty good friends with him too, and she just yeah she's she she says the world of him. So
1: oh yeah, I, thought, I we love Chuck, but Ben was so gracious to come sit in, and I figured he'd be kind of fun, you know. I try.
3: Yes, try? definitely. <laughs> yeah.
2: Even if I get well, your good. name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, okay, Sally. We're good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. kids. So, yeah. returning to our discussion, um, oh, I forgot. It wasn't important. Come on, mom. Oh, no, I know what it is. So, you know, I do think that sometimes spirits, and I'd be interested, actually in both of your thoughts on this. I do think that sometimes people who were jerks are really jerky spirits as well. But I also think that sometimes some of the things that we encounter are spirits who might be passing through our dimension who have never been human, but that doesn't mean they're evil. They just misunderstand or they don't, they've never had the human experience. And so they don't know how to relate to us in any way. And so we uh, don't understand it. So to us, we perceive it as being evil when really it's just. We don't understand their experience, and they don't understand ours. What do you think, guys?
6: I agree. You know, there, there's a. We lived in the house years and years and years ago in Vancouver, Washington, and every night at the same time, ten o'clock. I kid you not. My youngest son, he's now thirteen. Uh, at the time, he had to have been three, about three or four, uh, would wake up screaming. I mean, at the top of his lungs. And I remember running in the first time, running in into the room and. He would, he would be standing up in his, in his, uh, in his bed and pointing at the corner of the ceiling. And so I'm looking up there and I'm thinking, you know, what is going on? And so, uh, this happened continuously every single night. And, uh, um, Elise, um, Wells, who's my co-host on Paranormal Crossings, uh, she and I go way back. And, uh, I remember she came over to that house and I didn't even know she was a psychic meet him at the time yeah, I mean that's just we just never talked about the stuff like they like that and so but anyways uh, I started talking to her about the things that were going on in the house and then she said well she said um there is a um she called it a witch type of entity that would come through and it only passed through it would pass through the same time every night it's like you're a I mean, way just,
1: station you yeah, like a train. Like,
6: well yeah. you know what? Like, pay a toll or something if you're gonna come yeah. here. Come on. Yeah right. But, you thoroughfare.
3: <laughs> right.
6: right, exactly. And so uh, that was crazy and that happened until we moved. Um mm-hmm. but there were some other things that happened in that house. We just unrealed I might,
3: anyway.
2: might want to know which house that was offline. Uh, I live in Vancouver, sure. so um Okay. Yeah. And, and as far as my thoughts on that, I, I think that's very true. We do it even in the living world, right? You've got different cultures that, uh, come around and I'll be the first one to admit, you know, sometimes it rubs me wrong when, uh, somebody from a different country is here and I'm like, well, we have our culture here. You're not doing it right. So I, I take it the wrong way. Uh, on a Mm. spiritual level, you know, you've got spirits coming in. That may, you know, like you were saying, Karen, in your example, may not be from our, our, you know, our, Yeah, yeah, and and yet we misperceive that as being something else or as being demonic. Yeah. Right.
4: Definitely. I agree.
2: Definitely because- doesn't come <laughs> across like a bob or anything for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, I just, I, I just think because, Aaron, don't you think that true demonic cases are. Extremely rare.
6: I think so. I think they're 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 more rare than than it's portrayed on television because you know you watch all yeah. the ghost hunting things and and it's Absolutely. like everybody's got a demon. You know, it's yeah. not like that. You know, and I wish they would be more true to real life because yeah. again, I've only encountered it twice, and we're talking over a period of almost twenty years, oh, oh, about fifteen to twenty years. You know, and so you know, I, and you guys, you know, I'm sure you can attest to the same thing. Um, it is rare, but it is nasty, and it's not something that I'd wish upon anybody to go through, to investigate, or 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 even have a, a part of their lives for any reason. Yeah.
1: It's
4: terrible.
6: Yeah.
1: What do you yeah. think about paranormal teams who um, actually choose to investigate these demonic? What would you know? I, I know a lot of teams that, without a lot of experience, who say, "Hey, we're going in on a demonic haunting tonight." I always think, "Yeah, right," but at the same time. Yeah. Would you? What would you advise a young team when somebody contacts them and they're basically telling them all of the things that are really the signs of possibly a demonic? Uh, I don't want to call it a haunting because I, I I don't think demons are paranormal is what I'm trying to say. So what do you think right. with these these some of some young teams or even some more experienced teams who don't have the theological background to handle demonic stuff?
6: Well, I think that we should all go in to every investigation or approach every investigation with skepticism uh, to a point. I'm not saying that, uh, it, look, everybody who has called me um, and asked me to come do an investigation, I always, you know, interview first. And then I go in with skepticism because you can't be a good investigator unless you're, if you go into an investigation, Oh, it's haunted, <laughs> you know? Okay, well, job's done. Okay. All right. It's haunted. Cause you know, then you've already set your mind up for it being haunted. So everything mm-hmm. that is not paranormal is all of a sudden paranormal. Um, same thing with the demonic. If, if you don't, what I would advise a team, whether it be a brand new team or, um, uh, you know, a, a veteran team, um, be prepared, research, don't do anything unless you know what you're doing. It's the same thing with the Ouija board. I've talked about this so many times on Paranormal Crossings. Don't use the Ouija board unless you know what you're doing and you know how to close that portal. Because if you don't know how yeah. to close it, everybody's, everybody's uh, Ed, screwed, basically.
2: Edu- yeah, education is key. I mean, it's just absolutely oh, essential. Yeah. um I, and I want to come back as you actually gave me an opportunity to segue into paranormal crossing. So make sure I do that. Um, but, uh, I can't tell you, Aaron, how many times I've, uh, brought a camera, like say a Sony handy cam out and Mm. had it turned off and night vision mode is disabled on it. And I've brought it up to people who claim to do this kind of stuff. And I'm like, Hey, turn this on. And, um, you know, well, I should back up and say they're also they claim to be a science-based group, so you know they're using technology, and and that's what they. He, throw he up has to their...
1: say that because I'm not allowed to touch technology, <laughs> so he just because he would he would
2: hand it to me, and I would be like, what? It I would probably just go up and smoke if probably. I handed it to you, But you know, I would tell them, "Can you enable this? You know, put it into night vision mode and turn it on," and they'd fumble around. Um, wow. And most Sony Handycams are very intuitive, like it's pretty easy and they most all have the same rocker switch even on the right. m- new modern uh, ones. Now where it gets tricky is the placement of that night m- vision uh switch. But again, right. if you can read you know how to do it. Most of them would just get lucky enough to turn it on and go there you go. I'm like, turn the lights off. What do you see? Nothing. That's weird.
1: <laughs> Here's how easy wow. it is. I can do that.
2: Yeah. Right. So, right. Back to uh, – oh, yeah, go ahead.
6: Oh, I think a lot of people get excited about the technology, and, you know, they get it in the mail or they go and buy it, and then they don't really learn how to use it, you know. In, in order to be effective and a good investigator, you need to know how to use your tools,
3: That's and true.
6: including the, the audio reporters, uh, yeah. digital reporters, you know.
1: Yep. No, I, have an, I have one an I have Knowledge an RT EVP a- thing, you know, those RT EVP things that have like the little ghost box oh. in them and stuff. I've had it for like oh, yeah. three years now and it has never been in my possession because I keep giving it to other people to try to figure out how to use so that I can use it.
2: <laughs> well, wow. and then when you go to use it, it's going to get broken because you're going to break it. Probably. Oh jeez. <laughs> Are um, you accident prone, Karen, with
1: technology? No, I just, I, I'm just terrible with. I'm not. I, I'm married to Techie McScience Geek, so I don't have to be techno technological. I'm woo woo instead. I'm. Oh, know, okay. Other, yeah. <laughs> so awesome,
2: Aaron. Tell us a little bit about some of your other ventures, like Paranormal Crossings.
6: Um, you know, Paranormal Crossings happened. As a fluke, uh, my my original co-founder of the NW Paranormal Investigative Team, um, he and I kind of went separate ways for a while. And um, he called me up one day and said, "Hey, I'm doing this uh, blog talk radio show with this guy, and um, our our host or the other host can't make it. Are you willing to step in and co-host with me?" And I said, "Really?" Because I had never thought about doing anything like that. And so I said, "Yeah, I'll do that." And so I did. And it went really well. They asked me to come aboard full time uh, with the show, which I agreed to do. Um, I just didn't believe in, uh, I, I didn't believe in the producer's, uh, tactics and the way he was treating people. And so I opted to back out. And so I did. Um, then time went on and I got another call from, you know, from, uh, my, my, my original core co-founder. And he said, listen, I got my own show now. And, uh, my co-host can't make the show. Would you be willing to step in? I said, Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. If you're not with this other, you know, this other person, sure, I'll do it. And so he didn't have a guest. And, um, I said, Well, I happen to have a friend who's a psychic medium, which is Elise. And I said, What if I were to call her and we interview her, um, on the show? And he said, Yeah, no, please. So I got in touch with her. She agreed. And she and I clicked. That's the first time she and I, um, had done anything paranormal wise together, um, and right. so we just clicked. So it went so well. The show was great. She was amazing. That um, uh, we went on a vacation, her family, and my family together, and we were talking. And 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 she said, "You know what? Why don't we do this ourselves? Why don't we just do blog talk ourselves?" Because I actually I brought it up to her at another time. But man, I'd love to do this myself. It's great. Um, and so that's really how Paranormal Crossings was born. Um, we went from Blog Talk Radio, which uh, lasted a little while, um, which we thoroughly enjoyed doing. Um, one of our first guests was David Ullman, um, from California oh, cool. down on Cielo uh, yeah. Drive. Yeah. So he was a great guest. He was amazing. But um, we had a lot of great guests, um, and I was very successful in finding really good guests for us. Um, but then a friend of mine is an actor in L.A., Uh, Peter Holden, he's been on, um, oh gosh, he was on that social network movie. He was on um, Batman, uh, one of the Batman movies. He was on um, uh, a scary movie called Under the Bed. And then the most current paranormal type movie was Alien Abduction. And so he called me up and he said, man, I heard your show. He said, you got to put this on TV. I said, what? (laughs) It's not (laughs) anything I ever thought about doing, right? So I said, okay, well, in ministry, I went to um, Metro East Community Media, which is in Gresham, Oregon, and I got certified on all the equipment so that I could film different um, events that we were holding uh, as a Christian-based ministry group. And so having that fresh in my mind, I thought, well, I'll just go to Metro East. And so I did. And, again, got you know certified on all the Equipment became a producer. I pitched the show idea to, um, to the studio and they just, they, they were floored because nobody had ever come into that studio and done any paranormal type of show before. So That's then cool. all of a sudden I got the interest of all the staff, uh, and then, and others. And so we started the show and I just did what I was doing with Blog Talk, but, you know, on camera. Um, we did that for a year and, We had decided to kind of take a little bit of a break. Um, It was a lot of work. You know, you guys do this. It's a lot of work. Um, And so I decided to take a step back. And then what really got me going back into it uh, was Rocky um, from the Oregon Ghost Conference. Um, Christine Gray, actually, from White Light Paranormal Insight, who was amazing, by the way, uh, at organizing that event along with Rocky and the others.
1: they, They did a great job, yeah.
2: Uh, I, I Kristen's okay. Favorite. Kristen,
1: <laughs> Kristen ran. She ran her her socks off that weekend. <laughs> man, did. oh!
2: I love did. Kristen to death. I, I I like razzing her, and she likes razzing me. So yeah, she's a uh, oh, she's man. a very I, motivated know, person.
6: She is, and she she was great. And so um, they ended up being on our on our show at one time. But really, um, Kristen had said, "Well, since you're going to speak at the Ghost Conference, well." why don't you have Rocky on your show and, and do like a promotional type thing? And I said, Psh, that's brilliant. Let's do it. So, so I went back into the studio after not being there for about three months, I guess, uh, two two or three months and did the interview with Rocky, which he was fantastic. I just love that guy, man. He's just, he's awesome.
5: Well, uh, and so, you.
6: yeah. And so really the, I got the studio on my back, you know, constantly asking me, when are you bringing the show back? When are you bringing the show back? When are you bringing the show back? The show back? And so, uh, I, I'm 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 in the talks of doing other film projects. Uh, one with a well-known author, which you also know, uh, Karen. I'm sure you were on the panel with, with him, which is Jeff Davis. Oh
1: um, yeah, I love Jeff.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Jeff's yeah, a buddy of awesome. mine too. Yeah,
6: he, he's a great guy. Personally, he's this man makes me feel so dumb. He is so intelligent, you know, and he just he's a pretty smart guy. Like I'm, I'm, oh, my gosh, like, I'm in second grade. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, Jeff. But he's an amazing guy, and so we're working on a film um, project or or talking about it. And so, anyways, that, and then I was offered a reality show through someone else, and I agreed to talk about it. So I'm waiting to hear back on that. Um, Just got a lot of things going on right now.
4: Man, you're living life, dude.
6: Oh, man. And, you know, honestly, in October, I I was – so fortunate to meet all you wonderful people at the Ghost Conference, um, and I met Nicole Strickland, and she she's amazing. And yeah. she we're talking about going to California in October. Um, me and uh, Steve, who's on my team, the one who, who has to have surgery. Um, he will be having surgery soon, within the next uh, couple of weeks to a month. And so once he's completely recovered and everything, we're going down to California and. We're gonna go. His brother is a helicopter pilot. He also was a um, helicopter pilot in Vietnam, and he is part of an organization, a nonprofit that buys Hueys, and, which are the helicopters from the Vietnam era, and they restore them to their original glory, basically. And some of these, uh, they're they're talking about how the guys in the in the hangar and women who, who work with them to restore these. There's a lot of paranormal activity going on, so. He said, oh, my gosh, I would love it for us to go down there. So we set it up. And so we're actually going to go down there in October. But talking to Nicole, um, we might hopefully um, go and meet with Nicole. And I'd love to investigate the um, Queen Mary because I've never been there. So hopefully the month of October is going to be filled with uh, California paranormal stuff.
1: Very cool. (laughs) And Nicole Nicole is going to be on the show here in a few weeks. And she's also starting – She's starting to write for Paranormal Underground Magazine, so I hey, saw yeah.
6: that. Congratulations, Nicole! I'm excited. She she's awesome, and it was just it was an honor to meet her, and and uh, she's such a sweet person. And my condolences to her and her family for their recent loss. But uh, she's yeah, a great person.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, I've only seen a few of the Paranormal Crossings. I'm sorry. I always mean to. Whenever That's we have case. a guest coming on, I always mean to like binge watch. And then, like, mm. life gets, life gets away from me somehow. I just don't know why. Oh, man. What? I know.
6: Life. So, <laughs> I know, right?
1: The you know, nerve. I, yeah. I, know. And I always have so many <laughs> projects in the hopper. I have like four or five different projects going right now. I'm kind of juggling. But anyway, so, um, explain the format. So what I saw was like interview format, but there's other stuff yes. you do too.
6: Um, other stuff on the show, or
1: or is it is it all interview format, or do you go out? And- it's
6: it's all interview.
1: It, it, my thing
6: was okay. We see the ghost hunters on TV, you know, on all these different uh, ghost hunting shows and stuff. I thought, you know what? Let's sit down and talk to people in the paranormal field because I, like that. I find that sometimes more fascinating. So, um, I, I, I we've been doing that, and that's what we did for a long time. And that's really how I met June. Um, June actually, I was advertising for Halloween. Um, last year we were having a Halloween special, which, uh, we were the, the lucky ones to get in the hour and a half Halloween special slot at the studio. So I was very excited about that. And we invited a live studio audience and, oh, cool. um, June had answered that ad and, um, and then while talking to my director, because I have a million other things to do, I had him take the calls and, and organize that whole event which she did amazing. Steve Zahn, by the way, did an amazing, amazing guy. Um, but <clears throat> June, after he found out she's a psychic medium, he said, well, how would you like to be on the show sometime? And so that's how that happened. And um, so she became a guest. She was a guest on my show uh, twice. You only saw once because the first one, I can't explain it, but the first taping I had her and Tish Paquette, who's also a wonderful friend and psychic medium as well, I had two shows that night that I filmed, and back to back, June didn't make it for some reason. We used all the same equipment in the studio; we didn't change anything, but mysteriously, June's whole interview was gone.
4: Even the studio
6: couldn't explain it. Yeah, so I was embarrassed, and June had kept asking me, "So when's the show going to air?" I have so many people asking me, "When am I going to be on TV?" And I said, "Well, (laughs) here's what happened," you know. And I and I told her, and she goes. Oh, well, I figured that would happen anyway. I said, why? And she said, because they won't let me be on. They don't, they don't want me to come on. I said, who's they? <laughs>
4: what are you talking about?
6: And so she started talking about the the, the negative energy. Don't want her to talk about it. Um, or the dark side of paranormal. And so I invited her to come back. I said, would you please come back and let's do it again? And she agreed. Uh, Elise was out of town and couldn't make it, so my wife actually co-hosted with me. I, is that one of the ones that you saw, Karen, by chance? No,
1: no, it isn't. I saw, it, I watched, uh, you know, the White Light like, Paranormal one.
6: <laughs> oh yeah, they were just amazing. because they're my, they're my friends.
1: Yeah. Oh I yeah, they're
6: them. they're awesome, um, and and I would love to have them come back on again. But anyways, um, I have you guys on too because I I am planning on. They want me to sign up for another series. I'm just not prepared to do another series right now just because of the time uh that that it takes to do all that. But um right. I will be doing special shows maybe once a month no- once a month or, or that type of thing. So I'd love to have you guys on too. So
1: You come um, up you come but, up to Wellington with me. That would be your show.
6: All right, that sounds good. We'll do it.
1: So all I right. actually have a guest suggestion for you. Okay. Because that's this is exactly why you came on my show. Do you know who Kevin okay. Manis? Do you know who Kevin Manis is?
6: The name sounds familiar, but honestly, I don't know who that is.
1: He is the guy who uh, bought the Dybbuk box at auction originally, and he lives down in Portland.
6: Oh yes, okay, yeah, that's why I know the name. Yeah, I've seen him before. Yes, I know what you're talking about.
1: That's who, you wow. need to have on, that's who you need to have on your show. I don't know if we still have Kevin's contact information, but if you're interested, I can get it for you.
6: Oh, absolutely. That would be awesome. You know, it was cool. I haven't released this particular – well, let me finish this Joan shoot, okay. or, uh, June show real quick. Oh, so okay. we're, gonna, we're doing the show. She said, I'll bring Michael with me this time, Michael the Archangel. And I said, okay, <laughs> you know, because, you know, it sounds a little weird, right?
1: Yeah, well, you're, like, so you're okay. watching for her to walk in holding hands with some big glowing dude. With exactly, or John Travolta, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's yeah. what I'm
6: thinking with wings. So anyways, uh, which I love that movie, by the way. but anyways, um, so she, she comes in and we're talking before the show. She's amazing. And uh, we finally were on the set and um, I said, so incidentally, I said, you had mentioned um, that you were going to bring Michael with you um, and ward everything else off so that we can do the show. And I said, is he here now? And she said, yes, he is. And I said, really? I said, well, where is he? And she said, oh, he's sitting up on the ladder. And I said, really? Okay. And I looked up at the ladder and I, I asked the people in the control room, I said, can we have the cameras point to the, to the, to the ladder? Because I'm thinking, of course, now I'm investigating, right? Here you know, I'm doing a show, but now I'm you've, investigating. So Yeah, you've I'm switched modes. Exactly. So we're not going to see him now, but we'll see him on film, right? So right. that was my thought process. So we had two cameras look up there and June says, and he's waving. And I go, okay. And he's waving, okay. So, I, you know, I'm waving to him. So as we're talking, um, she said, actually, she said, um, I can just bring him back here. And all of a sudden, I felt, this is before my wife spoke, spoke up about this, but uh, I felt something pass through my body that I've only felt one time, and that was doing an investigation at a private residence in North Portland, and an entity ran through me. That's what I believe is what happened, and I had never felt
3: so—it's
6: that that energetic, like sticking your finger in a light socket or light bulb yeah. socket or something—you know—it's yeah. just a burst of energy, and just—I mean—I was like, Ugh, you know—and
2: so your whole body buzzes.
3: Oh, yeah,
6: and I in my heart. I mean, I felt it in my heart, in my chest area, and mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, my God, and here I'm on camera, so I'm not going to be like, oh, my gosh, what is that, you know? <laughs> and so I'm trying to kind of hold it together, trying to be a good guy, right? And uh, before I could say anything, I was just thought, like, wow. And my wife said, okay, wait a minute. Before you say anything, she said the whole time she was sitting where she was sitting on the set, there was the air conditioner that was blowing right on top of her. And for about four seconds, she felt it block. Of that air, right when she said that she was bringing Michael over, and I'm I, I right at that time, none of us heard any. Well, Christina and I, my wife, we didn't hear anything. But June, I, I asked her. I said, "Can can we see him?" And she said, "He won't. He's not allowed to show himself to us. Um, she can see him through her third eye and everything, but we're not allowed. I guess to be. He's not allowed to see." So, anyways. She reached over, didn't say anything to me, just kind of reaches over and touches my head, my forehead. I'm like, what is she doing? And the second she made contact with my forehead, I kids you not, I saw a wing, a white wing go, it like spread out behind her halfway down the studio and then come back. And it was just in an instant and I was, blo- I was seriously blown away and I was yeah. speechless. I didn't know what to say. So, in reviewing the show, now, what she told me after the show was, you'll have to go back and watch this show. It's, it's episode number 12, and I say that because you'll find it very interesting.
3: Okay. I'm not gonna,
6: because I'll, I want you to watch it, so I, I'm not going to okay. tell you what it was. But okay. But there's something that happens at 37 minutes and t- around 44 seconds, somewhere around there, right after okay. my wife says there's a break in the air. Episode
1: you know. 12. Okay, episode so I 12. have I actually do have time tomorrow between, like, and 3.30. Will that be enough?
6: That's perfect. And listen to that spot and uh, listen to it with headphones. And you tell me, Okay. uh, you'll have to either call me or send me a message and tell me what you think you heard.
1: OK, I will. We're, we're, we're Facebook friends, so I can do that. Yes, um, but That's so, fascinating. Um, do if you're interested in somehow getting in contact with Kevin, I can, uh, you know, I, I know Jason who owns the Dybbuk box now, and I'm sure that he can put me in contact oh, wow. with Kevin. Yeah, so absolutely.
6: That would be amazing, actually. Yes. Yeah. I well, have you piece. seen Thank some you. of those
1: things where where uh, either Kevin or Jason are in studio and the stuff that happens?
6: Oh, it's crazy. I have. Yeah. Oh,
1: yes. We've had, we've had Jason on the show many times. And one night we had both Jason and Kevin and we, oh, Cheryl may have Kevin's contact information too. But anyway, yeah, we have had so many weird things happen when we've had the Divic box. Yeah. It's, it's love the Divic box. Anyway,
2: to be around that.
1: Well, you know, we, well, here, we have here, here's like, something
2: that'll blow you away.
6: Okay, so yes, I, I'm a minister and yeah. uh, been in uh, you know ministry for a long time. I grew up Jewish.
1: Oh, so the Dybbuk box yeah. would be of great interest to you. Then you need to read Jason. You need to read Jason's book about it. It's just called the Dybbuk Box.
2: Um, do so, we, do we have time for one more question?
1: One more, we really quick question. Yeah. And then I'm going to need to, because I need to let Aaron shamelessly self promote because that is a big part of what we promise people to come on our
2: show. Oh, well, thank you.
1: <laughs> so go ahead right. with your question.
2: Well, I, I don't have it. I'm seeing that Bob has another question. You're okay. going to have to relay it.
1: <laughs> oh, would you put more credence in what a psychic picks up over what you get on some of the tech equipment?
2: More credence
6: over, over what a psychic gets?
1: Uh, yeah, so he's, I think what he's asking is which, which do you give more weight to, uh, equipment oh. evidence or psychic evidence? Psychic, you can't call it evidence. What do you call it? Psychic
3: <laughs> information. Yeah. Intuition. In-
1: yeah.
6: Yeah. I, you know, honestly, for me, it's been psychic. Um, just because I know these psychic mediums so well that I work with and I trust them. And I think that, uh, that there's, because oftentimes they're picking something up that the equipment's not. So, right. look, for those techies out there, the equipment's not 100%. And neither are the psychic mediums, and they'll be the first ones to tell you. They're not 100%. Right. No. But there's oftentimes <laughs> they're picking things up that the equipment's not. Yeah,
1: yep. so. you're, you're absolutely yeah. right. And we can tell you where to point your equipment. So, are you ready to exactly. shamelessly self-promote, Aaron? Absolutely, I am. <laughs> Go, Aaron. So, you can get a
6: hold of me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N. paranormal at gmail.com, or you can go to my website, which is www.nwparanormal.net. You can also find me on Facebook, because I shamelessly have three Facebook pages, Aaron Collins, Paranormal Crossings, and NW Paranormal Investigative Team.
2: You are a busy man. Okay.
1: I am. And Paranormal Crossings is on YouTube.
6: Yes, you can find, uh, I put almost every episode on YouTube, there are a few that are still in the can that are waiting, and just as a little teaser, I interviewed the guys from Ghost Asylum, so I'm looking Fun. forward to putting that out there
3: too, so, yeah.
1: All right, very good. Nice. Um, hey, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show, I'm I'm glad that I met you and had the chance to talk with you so that we could get you on the show.
2: Yeah, Glad well, to have thank you, you on. so
6: much. I can't thank you enough. Yes, thank you so much. You guys are wonderful, Karen. It was a pleasure meeting you in person, Ben. I'd love to meet you, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to grab something. some coffee.
2: We're right across the river from each other. Your absolutely. neighbors, definitely.
1: Yes. and also <laughs> thank you, thank you to both of you for finally making this an all Pacific Northwest show. I think that that's very important.
2: <laughs> hey, is that yes, history? Absolutely. Is that a history is?
1: for yes. this show? Yes. We have no we've never mm. had an All Pacific Northwest show before. Cheryl's in Tennessee, but she hasn't talked on the show. Oh so.
2: I feel special. Cheryl's in Aaron. Tennessee.
6: Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, Cheryl's yes, in
1: sir. in Tennessee. All right. So Where thank you. Uh Mary. Maryville. Maryville. Maryville?
6: Ah. Yeah. I'm going to Memphis in August. Oh, Maybe Cheryl, there you go. I'm down there. Yeah. There go. I had to go back home. Anyway. Thank you all so right. much, you guys. I really thank appreciate you. it. You guys are awesome.
1: Yeah, have a great night.
3: You Thanks too, Aaron. Bye. All right, good bye. night.
1: Thank you. Oh, ben, you survived your first paranormal underground. Is this is this a gig that you would do occasionally like if Chuck or I took the night off, you think? I
2: would love to. It's fun. It's it's uh, uh you know, as long as I keep my my um, you know, guest names correct.
3: <laughs> that's <laughs> oh, what no. I get
2: that's what I get though for like uh reading and listening and yeah. then like thinking so about my, gassy. you know. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I mean, you know, Aaron's a nice guy. He knows he knows it was not meant as a, uh, you know, disrespect. But yeah, uh-huh. I was just like, oh, did I call him Bob?
1: You did. But I understood where it came from. And you noticed that I wasn't like waving my arms at you or yeah. anything. It was fine. It's, it was. And you, you've done very yeah. well. And I do appreciate you sitting in for Chuck. It's it's always fun when it's somebody that I know fairly well and that, you know, it, it's and it's good to get people who ask different questions. Too. So nice work. I I yeah. Agree. Okay, Cheryl, now it's time.
5: Now now we're
1: we're out of the Pacific Northwest portion and we are into the tell us what's going on, what's coming up.
5: Wow, I feel so out of it. I don't belong. We don't one of these things just doesn't belong
2: here, Karen? Is it me or you? Uh, I can't understand her. She's from Tennessee. Oh. Uh, I no. have a hard time understanding. <laughs> it's Tennessee
5: wing, for, right? yeah. I, I'm actually from California, but I currently reside in Tennessee. So there you go, righteous dude. Righteous. <laughs> um, that was a great show. Well done. Thank you so much, Ben, for, for sitting in for Chuck. You are awesome. I was
2: honored to be here, and I hope, um, at some level, I was able to kind of you know fill his big. Big shoes. So.
5: Big Chuck E. G. shoes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Well done. Right. Well done. Um, so next week, I'm sure you're, you you want to know what's going on next week. We have... A little bit, yeah. A little a tiny bit. Uh, Mark, uh, May 21st, Mark Leslie. He is the author of Tomes of Terror, a sur- supernatural tour of bookstores and libraries around the world, focusing on the ghost stories from haunted locations. Wait. He writes about... Um, I get the picture that the book is a supernatural tour of bookstores and libraries around the world.
2: However, that's a probably very genius concept. If you're writing about books, Mm -hmm. you've got, I mean, you'll never run out of content.
1: No, and well, no, but he's writing a book about places that it's like, it's like Patty's idea that what she thinks we should do is we should go on a haunted gift shop tour where we just go to haunted places and buy one thing from the gift shop. Oh, we don't investigate. We just go and buy something from the gift shop and leave. I mean, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay, what else? And Chucky
5: Chucky will be back next week. Chucky will be back. May 28th, we have John Weiss on Um, author of Life Goes On, A Skeptic's Afterlife Education. Yeah, yeah. And then June... You know how much I dig topics like that. Yes, I know you like them a lot. (laughs) Yeah. June 4th, you were just talking about her, I think, briefly. Nicole Nicole Strickland will be on. Uh Uh, She is the founder and case manager of San Diego Paranormal Research Society. She is an author. She has done extensive research on the Queen Mary and um, many, many, many other things. So that will be a very and that'll be fun. Show. Cheryl, you've been on the Queen Mary. Oh, I love the Queen Mary. Yep.
2: I'd like to check that out. Even love though it. I, I tend to uh, try to avoid the really popular places. Yeah, um, that one's one that I'd really like to.
5: Yeah, the Queen Mary is a great location um so i would highly recommend it i i miss it well i wanted to go the year before we moved but we never even got a chance to go a final time so maybe when we're back to visit we go again
1: work 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 it's what we do yes we dig 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 the whole day through that's the uh isn't that like the uh snow white and the seven dwarfs song we dig 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 it's what we like to do and you're singing again
5: and you're I know. Every show must
1: be musical. Chuck has, Chuck has told me I must sing on every show. Yes. There you, there you go. go. You got it in there. Mission there complete. <laughs> That's right. There you go, Chucky G, even though you weren't listening. Um, okay. So, and magazine, do we have something new coming out? Do we, you yeah, know?
5: Yeah, we do. The May issue um, will be out shortly. Um, on the cover will be um, The Ghost Adventures Team, Steve and Amy. They are doing another Q&A. That's not, that's not Ghost Adventures. Oh, my gosh. Did I say Ghost Adventures? I apologize uh-huh. to Steve and Amy. I meant the Dead Files, and I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> Can you see <laughs> it, like, Steve and Amy going in like the Ghost Adventures guys instead of doing that, Wow. That, that totally was, covered my flub. Thank you, Cheryl. Did, that outdid you, I'm pretty sure. that, was, that <laughs> Oh, but was it's bad. a great mental yes! strip, like Steve and Amy Allen going in there going, <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. I touch don't, me. I don't know why my brain was on Ghost Adventures with him or whatever. And I said, a big but... old
2: Stogie hanging out. He's like, hey. <laughs> "No, I'm not even going to try to do it. Um, <laughs> impersonations are not my thing, so I better." No, he sounds like
1: now. he sounds like Emerald Lagasse. That's what I think. <laughs> anyway okay so it's steve and amy are Uh, on the cover Uh, anything we just with the couple minutes we have left anything anything good in there you know
5: listen to me yeah the magazine just
1: sucks everything's
5: good we've got all sorts of topics of course karen you cover the metaphysical side dream interpretation we have haunted locations uh ufology cryptozoology oh my gosh on and on lots of paranormal goodness in that in there excellent so watch for that and also really quickly um i need your dreams if you don't
1: send them to me to interpret, I'm going to haunt your dreams. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh-oh. So email your dreams Woo, to editor at, paranormal under, editor at paranormalunderground.net. If you want to remain anonymous, you can. I'm looking at my microphone like my microphone's
2: going to talk back <laughs> to me. Uh, I was wondering but, what you were doing, but you know, whatever. I,
1: I've been doing it all night. I don't know what's wrong. Um, but anyway, yeah. So editor at paranormalunderground.net, send me your dreams. And I will be happy to interpret them in the magazine. Plus, you'll get a, a personal interpretation that Cheryl will send you. Um, also haunted dolls, uh, go on eBay, buy yourself a haunted doll. Some of them are pretty darn cheap. Um, and send us your experience. What did we say by June 30th or
5: July 30th? Cheryl, do you remember? Uh, I don't remember, but let's just say July 30th
1: by July 30th. So that, uh, and it's, it's for an article that's going into the magazine. We're, we're trying to find out you know, if there are legitimate sellers of haunted dolls or not. So please do that. Um, okay, so it's time to wrap up. Ben. Thank yes, you very ma'am. much. Thank of you. Of
2: course. Thank yes, you.
1: It's been a lot of fun. Cheryl, you know, thank you. Because
2: Yes, thank you, Cheryl. We couldn't, we couldn't
1: do this without you. <laughs> ben, well, I also have to say that we kind of were were a little bit lazy with this show because as soon as you found out you were going to be co host and you were like, Can I contact the guest? And we were like yeah
2: <laughs> you add sure you quite can bit of emphaticism to that um uh no i just wanted to make sure i, I wasn't just being that you know i'm no, getting I know. a free ride so i want to well, you were
1: you were so helpful and cheryl yeah. and chuck and i are like yeah you can do that
2: <laughs> i was like i just well as you remember i was like okay well tell me what i need to say because i didn't want to like
3: uh, Pitch yeah. the
2: show wrong, like yeah, you know we're gonna be uh, uh talking about the Bahamas and <laughs> like
1: it's boner on the Clubman's Morning Show <laughs> on the Crazy KZ or
2: something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Okay. Anyway, so here's the thing. we got to wrap up. Uh, Thank you to Ben Robison. Thank you to Aaron Collins. And thank you to all of our listeners. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio here in the dark, here on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be back next week, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Thank you. You guys have a good week. Good
2: night. Have a good night, everyone.
0: If you'd like to be interested on Paranormal Underground Radio, Email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place, or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something...